0: This this, this. is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show,
1: your war room
0: for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The
2: Dallas Cowboys select Tyler Smith.
0: And now, your host, Kyle Yeomans. Today is Thursday, February 9th. We are now 71 or 78 days away from the NFL draft in Kansas City. And welcome in to the draft show presented by Miller Lite, live from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. I'm here with Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We've got Chris Beam in the back and now on the phone lines wearing his Reese's senior bowl shirt, (laughs) because we saw it for a split second. You're not going to see him on the video, but you're going to hear him for the rest of the episode. Our very own Brian brought us live from radio row out at the Super Bowl. Brian, glad to have you back, buddy. How is Glendale? How's it going up there?
1: Well, it's going great guys. It's good to be with my scout buddies as always. Uh, Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of really cool interviews uh, it could be very hectic, but uh, you'll be surprised how many people will walk up to you and start talking about the draft. Mm. I mean, mm. it, it's like, you know, you're they're like, Hey, you're that guy that talks about the draft. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. So the next thing you know, so yeah, the draft show is known worldwide here and a lot of folks are very, very interested in it. And uh, I'm uh, excited to be with you guys today. I'm looking forward to being with you guys in studio next week. I'm, you know, it's uh, one of those things. Technology and old people never seem to work very well together. So uh, we'll figure it out one day. Beam did a heck of a job trying to get me to you. I just couldn't quite make
0: it. That's okay. Well, we've got you on the phone, and that's going to be great throughout the rest of the episode. Now, you mentioned people coming up to you and talking draft. Of course, your your world known as well. Who's the Who's the biggest person that's come up to you so far on Radio Row and and wanted to talk draft? Who's Who's well, number one? Uh,
1: yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, Michael Lombardi and I used to work together in Philadelphia and mm. ran a draft together. And, you know, we were kind of talking about Dallas philosophy and stuff like that. He was, he does a show on uh, this and, and you know, and I do my stuff on 105.3 The Fan. Michael Silver, uh, you know, who's a uh, very well-respected was NFL network guy and things like that. It's it just, it's funny. You, you kind of, um I was even talking with Jim McMahon about it a little bit I had a chance to reminisce with Jim who I was with in Green Bay and he was talking about the bears and stuff and what do you do with the pick and things like that so it's funny just people they they know what your background is and they just feel like well yeah I've seen you do this before I've seen you talk about this so Mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's it it never it never stops Uh, seriously you know we go on break and Somebody I'll, I'll wander over and uh, you know visit. I, like The Raiders are here. The, my buddies from the Vegas Raiders are here. So I went down, and we they're already planning on, hey, how can we get you on to talk about the draft? So it's, it just never stops.
0: No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. It, so this is your first year covering the draft with us. Mm-hmm. But what's the biggest thing that's kind of stood out to you to this point? I mean, because like Brian said, it never really stops up until April th- – 30th, I mean, it's go, 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 but what's been your your best impression of it so far?
3: So far, I think my biggest thing I'm taking away from the draft is just just how different we all see the game. Like, I can see – I can look at a player, and then I – that's why I'm really not active on Twitter right now. I'm just being straight up with y'all, like, because there's so many different opinions about players that – I don't want nothing to sway me from what I'm seeing, unless, you know, we're having that discussion about, like, but that's my biggest thing is that so many people see players differently and then also certain teams may see players differently because I might look at a guy and be like, oh, well, he doesn't doesn't separate well, but a team might be looking at a possession receiver. So that's just the biggest thing I'm noticing is, like, what I see is not what everyone else sees and to be respectful of other people's Mm -hmm. thoughts and then to evaluate from there.
1: Aisha, what you got to remind him about is that ice cream, buddy. Tell them, hey. yeah. first thing, first thing you ask him is, "Hey, what's your favorite favorite flavor?" And they tell you chocolate, and you're a rocky road person. Mm. Just remind him that uh, scouting's a little bit like ice cream. We all <laughs> love ice cream. We all love ice cream. At the end of the day, we just have different flavors that we love. If
3: you like chocolate ice cream, no, I'm a little, a little worried. You, you're not a chocolate ice cream. <laughs> listen, listen, Something, some things don't need to be chocolate, and I think that's ice cream.
0: Really? Yes. Okay, this is a completely separate discussion. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, this, is, right this is this is a whole yeah. different is- issue. It, it's it's the off season. I'm gonna come on like girls talk, boys get talk, get and done. we're gonna no. <laughs> okay, so speaking of different flavors of ice cream, and and speaking yeah. of these these players, this is this might be my favorite part of the draft process because it's informational gathering. Mm -hmm. We're drinking from a fire hose. We're learning about these prospects. We're finally seeing these all-star games. We're seeing the Senior Bowl and the Shrine game and all of these different aspects that lead up to the combine. And then really once the combine hits, that's when you're really ranking. That's when you're starting to put players versus players and you're really starting to hit it. Brian, based off of what you were able to look at from the Senior Bowl last week, I mean, this is probably the last time we'll hit on the Senior Bowl, but I wanted to get your thoughts what, what position group stood out the most to you, if you had to pick one, that, that evaluation-wise really jumped off the chart to you?
1: Yeah, I think that, to me, I really like what I saw with this defensive lineman and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, that was something to me. And that's just one of those hard positions to, to kind of focus on. I mean, not to focus on, but, man, you, you can make or break your team when you start to talk about these defensive linemen and, you know, and I, I really do like, I think the senior bowl, I'm friends with Jim Nagy, the, the director of it. I think they do a tremendous job overall of bringing this all in focus. I really, really like the fact that, you know, there's some of these quarterbacks too, that, you know, they're not really the top level guys, but what you were doing was you were studying guys that were probably in the middle of this draft. I thought that was really a cool aspect about it as well.
0: And not to mention, if you're the Cowboys, if you're going to take a quarterback, it's going to yeah. line up probably where those guys were going to be taken. And we hit a couple of them yesterday with Clayton, Clayton Tune and uh, and Max Duggan from TCU Tune from from Houston. Uh, you mentioned the defensive line, and Aisha's pet cat uh, has been in that, that conversation on the defensive line. Who were some of the names that, that really popped off the chart for you?
1: Well, that's the one I was really, really focused on right there to me because, again, Aisha was on that one really, really, really early. And what I've tried to look at for the Cowboys aspect is, okay, where are you going to find that potential, that defensive tackle? Where are you going to find that guy that maybe – and, you know, like I said, she she was – I remember very early in this process, she says, you got to watch this guy. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get, I'm getting to him. I'm trying to, you know, and finally. Tiana <laughs> Benton to to, from Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. And, and She said that
0: name it. and you and I were both like, well, we, we've got some homework to do.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah. And I was, you know, and I, I just, I think that Dallas to me, you, you know, you're looking at that, you're looking at that three technique and you're just kind of like going, or they you know the one, those inside players. And you're just saying who, who could be that guy? Cause it looks like the Cowboys. You know, we'll see with, with Oso Digizoa. We felt like that he was making some progress in there. We've yes. talked about Carlos Watkins a bunch, you know, what he was able to do. Aisha brought up something that was really, really good about uh, about Watkins' is, you know, his mindset is when things changed when he got released to when he came back. But yeah, you yeah, you, you know, that defensive tackle spot, you're just watching that going okay somebody show me something here somebody show me what they can you know how they can play in this thing and uh, and be really really effective and I I think that's the one if you're if you're a fan of you know looking for a guy or looking for a tackle that's a really good place to start
3: yeah him um, I asked Dane yesterday Brian I said if you had to choose between <laughs> Benton um, if you had to choose from Keanu Benton from Wisconsin I don't want to add it. At a Tama At a Tomawa, mm-hmm. at a Barre. Yep. At a Tamowa, at a, at a Barre, Yes, uh, from
0: Northwestern.
3: Him and uh, Carl Brooks from Bowling Green.
2: Yeah,
0: amazing, huh? Who would amazing, you choose
3: huh? out of those guys? And I, I I agree with you on the DT thing. Is that you know Carlos Watkins had a, a calf in yeah. in this last game, so you know he was a key a key guy that they brought back. But the DT position, even from what you saw from Hankins. Having that guy in there, a big, a true nose in there, sure. really helped their your linebackers, and I think it helped your edge players kind of be able to play a little bit more free as well. So I'm. I'm looking at DT because I really think that that could be somewhere that they go.
0: I think you're you're spot on because you look at look at John Ridgeway's pick last year. I'm they're sick. trying sure. they're trying to find this big nose tackle. They're trying to find somebody to replace Quentin Bohanna mm-hmm. at the same time because they they spent a draft pick on him a couple years ago and he's been okay. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been necessarily that guy. They brought in Jonathan Hankins. Hankins was probably the best out of the bunch in terms of a space eater, multiple gap guy in the middle of that defense. They haven't found that big nose tackle piece that can kind of be the early domino to fall for Dan Quinn's system. And they might be able to find that in this draft. And I think there are guys, it could even be a three technique if you really wanted to. But Brian, when you're looking at the way that Dallas has drafted defensive tackles over these last few years, does it deter you at all from the three technique? Because you mentioned Osa Digizua, he's starting to pan out. You move Chauncey Golston, to three technique, Then you also have Neville Gallimore, who hasn't necessarily boated the way that he thought he would Mm. as a third-round pick. Do you maybe hesitate on working at three technique if there's a really good nose tackle or vice versa?
1: Well, I think a lot of it, guys, uh, you know, as we watched this team through the years, was really dictated on what Rod Marinelli wanted Mm. from his defensive lineman, and I think the way that I think with Dan Quinn, who is a former defensive line coach himself, and then with AD, you know, there being as a line coach, I think that to me that that focus for so many years under the Jason Garrett administration, when when Rod Marinelli was here, you know, Rod was always like, oh, you could, you, you could go find that one technique somewhere, somewhere else, or you know, you get you know, whatever. And I you know, I remind him that like. Well, man, Booker McFarlane, I think, was a first-round pick. You know, I mean, that was your one technique with uh, Warren Sapp playing the three. So, you know, you did address that with a premium pick. You know, for the over those years, it was really, you know, it, it was kind of a neglected position, and uh, you know, I think that's ch- currently changed. You know, Dan, I think Dan when you know when Dan was out of the league for that year and had to reevaluate where his defense was. It was, you know, like oh, I can't play with this guy. I Can't play with that type of guy. I can't. Well, I've got to include this guy. You know, yep. I think that's where we've evolved to right now is uh, with the Cowboys. Is, you know, they went out and made a trade for Hankins. You know, there's there's a time at former administrations that wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have gone out and got a 330 pound defensive lineman. Just wouldn't have done it. And I think that the fact that you're more open now uh, to taking those kinds of guys. Because there's a lot of these defensive tackles that 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 come into play, uh, you know, especially with these one technique guys, you know, our guy at Baylor, 358 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, that that you know, those are the kind of thing. Uh, Smith from Michigan, 337 pounds, you know, these are these are big guys, and there used to be a time where you didn't really see the the, the previous group really look at those uh, those kind of players.
3: And Brian, I want to ask you. With that being said. Looking at how the Cowboys have drafted at D T this last two, three years since since um Dan Quinn has been here, one right. thing I've noticed is that a lot of the guys they've drafted had some pass rush ability. Mm. And so and, you know, when you look at Neville Gallimore, I mean that kinda was something I saw with him and that was actually sure. something you saw with Bohanna. So with that being said, do you think that that's something they may be stray away from a little bit more, saying that you saw Hankins come in and not. He did obviously have some um, past opportunities and he did a few things, but he really was there to just eat up double teams and just make it easier because you have so much depth on the edge. So I wonder if that approach that they've had in the last couple of years, if it changes given the Bohanna thing is not what you thought it was going to be. The, the, <laughs> the Neville yeah. Gallimore thing is not what you thought it was going to be. Also, Diggy Zua, I think, definitely is coming along. I felt like his run fits were so much better towards the end of the year. But yep. he, he has pass rush ability. And I think he's still great. But when you're talking about, hey, a one-tech, we've seen what a one-tech that's just a one-tech. can do for this defense i wonder if they stray away from what they've been doing because it hasn't worked out the way that maybe they looked at it
1: man you bring up a great point because you know drafting is all about trying to eliminate the mistakes that you made in the past exactly you know i mean you're you're like okay when we were looking at these one techniques were we looking for one techniques that were pass rushers Mm -hmm. or that had the ability i mean you're not going to get many one techniques that it's very very rare. I mean, you know, you, we, we know the guy down in Tampa. Yeah, uh, Vita, yeah that was know, the first one that him, came to yeah, my mind too. Yeah, when you watched him come out of Washington, I mean, you you saw like you you were like, okay, this guy gets. I mentioned, hey Kyle, give me my last name on kid at Baylor. I want to make sure I pronounce it right. The yep. What's his name? The, how do you say his uh, last Siaki name? Oh yeah, Ika. Okay, yep, Ika. Ika. Okay, I just want to make sure I said it right because I'll jack that up in a heartbeat. But uh, Ika. You know he was one of these guys that you know when you start to talk about again three hundred and fifty eight pounds, you could play him as a true nose, you could play him as a one I mean he's got speed, he's got quickness, he's always on the move he's never you know you rarely see him slow down or you know you know get stopped and so you you know you kind of like you're like man, this guy does enough of like getting rid of blockers and and kind of getting into the you know backfield as a pass rusher yeah, he and does. so you know that's the thing about it. If you're sitting there at 26, and I don't know, I mean this this kid to me, when you're that big and you got the traits, Ayesha, that you're talking about, that's the that's the thing that you're like that. That kind of lures you back into, well, maybe we can get this big one or this big nose that actually has some pass rush tendencies to him, mm. and that that's a very very inviting thing when you see a player player like that.
3: He kind of looks like Vita. That does look the you, Yeah, you're looking <laughs> at him. I like oh, his no, game. Right. And and yeah.
0: I've always been a fan of his. He he was he came on the scene very quickly with Baylor. Mm-hmm. As a freshman, he was seeing starter minutes and he was a transfer from LSU initially, Brian, yeah. that I know you had yep. kept your eyes on. As soon as he transferred Daddy from Baton gone. Rouge, I know. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as yeah. he was there from Baton Rouge to Waco, he was already a playmaker and he's been the anchor. Of that Baylor defense, which, of course, under Dave Aranda has done a phenomenal job these last couple years, he is a pass-rushing type of nose tackle. He can kind of fit into that mold. He's not Vita Vea. don't get me wrong. He's not going to come in and immediately be a game wrecker, but he has the traits to produce from a nose tackle standpoint, and he may be a second-round pick. He's probably not going to be a first-round guy. He'll be a a second- to third-round guy, which might fit where Cowboys nation is
1: looking yeah, and this is where you have to also be very mindful of your draft position because mm-hmm. what happens is, and we've learned this over the years of when we work on a draft, is teams that are at the bottom of the board are a little bit at the mercy of the board. And some players that you think that you might get to the second round or third round, you have to consider maybe a round earlier yeah. because they're not going to get to you. I mean, people used to say, oh, well, that was a reach. You know, People probably talked about Tyler Smith. Oh, that's a reach. You know, I don't need to do whiny voice there, but I just did it. But yeah, yeah, it. but yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're sitting at the bottom of a round, and you take a player, and it might be it might be twenty twenty five picks earlier than everybody else has him. That's okay because you're not going to get that player when you're waiting. To, you sit there and wait for your picks to come to you like that, and you're like, oh, we'll just wait for the second round. This guy will be there. It, you know, sometimes it works out, but there's a lot of times it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So you might have to grab a guy at 26 a little bit earlier than, than you thought you might. Okay, sorry. What was that?
3: No, I was going to add that, and we're talking about the DT position, and you talk about, like, not just, you know, you're waiting for the the board to fall to you, but you also do have to have some aggression. And I think from the DT position, I specifically think you got to do that because we saw this year the run game is back in these streets, mm-hmm. right, in the NFL, right? Yep. Like, so, you're, a lot of teams are going to be going into this draft, to me, with the intent. Like, even some of these linebackers you see, you like, oh, yeah, you got some pass rush ability, but can you defend the run a -hmm. lot of these edge players like can you defend the run that was like a universal thing i felt like through the nfl even some of the best teams in the nfl you look at the 49ers the eagles you can attack them on the edges like you can attack a lot of play teams right now on the edges so and and also too, just running the ball so i think that the dt position d line like they're going to be looking for guys to stop the run and i'm i think that you do have to be aggressive uh with getting some of these higher these guys that are higher up
1: it, well, it, let's yeah, let's be honest here, though, and I think again, Aisha, uh, you make a great point. The first, the first player in the draft is likely to be a defensive tackle. Jaylen you know, Jalen Carter out out of, out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just shows you right there off the jump. Can I ask you guys? Maybe I, I don't know if we're going to break real quick, but I, have you guys seen the kid from Pitt, Kalijah Canty, the the kid from Pittsburgh, uh, the, that's six foot, two hundred seventy five pounds? I have not. Did you did you watch him? Yeah, Aisha, have you seen him at all? He's have a tackle. You, it, He's yeah, a D-tackle. Kalijah Cansey yeah. Yeah, from Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't
0: it, know. I, so neither one of us I'll have seen her. Uh, seen him, great. Brian. But here, I, wanna, I got asked that in Twitter on the 20. Let's answer yeah. that when we come back. Okay. Let's take a quick okay. break. I want to hear your scouting report on him because, I mean, okay. that's a guy that I marked as we need to probably talk about. Let's do there that. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll hit – Kaliah Kansi, and uh, we will look ahead to some of the other position groups of value in the middle rounds with Twitter on the 20 with more draft show right after this.
2: Hey, Cowboys
0: fans, if you're looking for a full-time or part-time job, check out Liberty Tax, proud partner
3: of the Dallas Cowboys. If you've got tax experience and want to help your community with their finances, you're the perfect candidate. No tax experience? We also offer in-person tax
0: school courses locally. Liberty Tax has 79 locations across DFW and 2,300 offices nationwide. Learn more about our job opportunities at libertytax.com
1: slash hiring or call your local Liberty Tax office today.
0: Craving something flavorful? Replace that bloated burrito feeling with Smoothie King's new Power Meal Smoothies. With three delicious flavors like cinnamon banana, blueberry raspberry, and spinach pineapple, you can fill up on flavor, not calories. Each meal replacement smoothie is packed with 20 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, and 23 vitamins and minerals, all under 350 calories with 0 grams of added sugar. So next time you want something flavorful, swap fast food for a Power Meal Smoothie. Order today
2: on the Smoothie King app. Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center, and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Laser Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at DFWeyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. They got me back on my game. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
0: This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. Here from the star in Frisco alongside Aisha Morrison. We've got Brian Broaddus on the phone live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. You know it's the second segment, which means it is time for some... Twitter, Twitter on the 20. Okay. Twitter on the 20. Beam quick on the trigger today. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's start things off with Brian's guy. He was just talking about him a moment ago. Kalijah Kansi. I said his name wrong. Butchered it in the first segment. That's okay. Got it right this time. Out of Pittsburgh. Kind of a tweener type, but we had Candyman214. That's his Twitter name, and that is also his handle on Twitter, uh, what round would you sl- snag Kalijah Kansi edge rusher from Pitt is what he described it as but he says he could be a Dan Quinn type Brian
1: I'll tell you what this is a really interesting kid and the reason I brought it up because he goes to a school that got Aaron Donald into the league which was Pittsburgh and Aaron Donald if we all remember was is shorter and you know is light and that kind of thing with the weight and but super quick super active plays with leverage and all that He's this kid's got some of those traits, and it's scary. And you're thinking, you're looking at the uniform, and you're going, "Wait a minute, I've seen this before somewhere." You know, and and you had several years ago. And I, I just, man, I don't. Some teams are not gonna is are not gonna like him. And I'm gonna tell you because he's six foot and he's 275 pounds. I mean, that's the height I was working with right now. Height and weight we're working with right now. But, man, this guy is super disruptive. He does a great job of getting to the ball. He can finish. He's got some strength. He's always on the move. Relentless, desire, all that stuff. He can just attack, attack some gaps. And he works well to the edges, too. You see you know, like him chase. Uh, he makes a lot of plays on the outside, the lateral quickness, the agility, redirect. I mean, when he gets too far up the field, he can push the pocket. I mean, he just wins right off the jump. And, again, it was just like it was watching Aaron Donald all over again. And, I, you know, I, I'm, I, this kid very well could be a second-round pick. Mm. And, and I say that with, you know, that people are going to like – they're going to evaluate him as – and this is the great thing about what the draft has become and not when the crusty guy you're talking to on the phone right now was drafted 20 years ago kind of thing. You know, that we now see players that are undersized that are getting picked, you know, quarterbacks. I would have never in my life seen, seen a think thought of player like Kyler Murray at his height would have got picked first overall, or, you know, Baker Mayfield. I mean, the the draft is evolving to, if you could play, you can play. And no matter how tall or how small or how heavy or whatever you can play. And so I wouldn't be surprised to evolve this guy, as we get through this process that more people start to, to generate a buzz about him. And again, you'll you'll see Aaron Donald comparisons just because they both went to the same school, but there's some traits there if you follow him a little bit closely. I'm,
0: I'm watching him right now, and I'm watching Louisville, or he's playing Louisville, and he's playing Duke. Duke had some really big up-front interior offensive linemen Mm-hmm. And it feels like when he's going up against these big physical guys, he's having trouble. But then against Louisville, a smaller offensive line, and he's able to kind of use his speed and fit through gaps, he's got, yeah, he's got some pop to him.
3: Yeah, he probably needs it. Yeah,
1: watch him, watch him play Clemson. Watch him play Clemson. Fight a Clemson, and Clemson game? Okay. Wake Forest, yeah, those teams like that. You're right. I mean, again, he's probably not for everybody, but there's somebody that's going to see those traits the quickness, the agility, the mm-hmm. outside. I mean, you could probably move him around a couple spots, but like I said, hey, he wore the same uniform of a guy that was. But <laughs> you know, Aaron Donald was like when you watched him play, you're like, wow. But hey, look what the Rams did. I mean, you take a chance on some of these guys. I'm not saying his kid's a first round pick, sure, but I'll tell you what, he's he's gonna he's gonna draw some attention from some of these teams.
3: Yeah, if you put a big body next to him, it's gonna be over. But then yeah. also too, when you look at, I mean, just I feel like interior pressure is. Uh, is something with how many mobile quarterbacks there are in the league now, I feel yeah. like interior pressure might be the thing. Like, obviously, you getting edge pressure is fantastic, but with the escapability of all these mobile quarterbacks now, are you trying to, like, yeah, let's rush up the middle, let's get more pressure up the A and B gap to really throw off their vision? Because mm-hmm. you do see a lot of these mobile quarterbacks, like, they're, they're trying to become pocket passers. They're trying to sit there and deal with that. And so with the edges, I'm like, yeah, you can attack – these guys from the edges with the capability and stuff, but a lot of guys were are escaping up the middle. Like even with Jalen Hurts, I remember when we were watching film on him, that was one of the main things. He wasn't just running to the edges; he was a he Going was right, a, up the middle. right up the middle. Daniel yeah. Jones, right up the middle. Those guys, and then you got to see Sam Howell, and he he's a bit of a gamer moving <laughs> forward. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Is like the mobile quarterback is kind of like the jam now. It's changing so, things. And if you want to yeah. attack a mobile quarterback, in my opinion, is to really get in their face in the middle and throw off their vision there because mobile quarterbacks, they can figure out how to, you know, escape the edges. And so I, I, I'm i also looking at um, if a lot of guys do have pass rush ability, a lot of these DTs do, and I don't feel like maybe it's so much of a bad thing anymore. Yeah. If you do have another gentleman next to them to be able to, you know, take on some of those double teams or just take on more of that power or be that bigger guy. so. Yeah. Brian,
0: I, I mean, if you ask any quarterback in the NFL which type of pressure is is more of a nuisance to deal with, mm-hmm. they're all oh, going to yeah. say interior pressure. Mm-hmm. So no, I think you're spot on. Yeah, the eye
1: level, yeah. Aisha's absolutely right. Yeah. The eye level, because I was talking to Mike Lombardi about this yesterday, and mm-hmm. he brought up the point it's like when he was in Cleveland with Bernie Kosar, mm-hmm. and Bernie Kosar would come to the sidelines and he would say, Hey, you know, we gotta be better at the right guard, we gotta be better at you know, left tackle, we gotta be better at you know, or excuse me, you gotta be better at center. You know, it's like, you know, the question becomes, okay, wait a minute, your eyes are supposed to be down the field. Why are you telling me why do we need to be better at right guard or left guard or center? You know, that 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 you know, if you're telling me where the pressure's coming from, that's affecting your eye level. Mm-hmm. You know, and if your eye level's not downfield, you're not seeing the receivers. If you can tell me what's going on with the pocket and the the guys that are having trouble, your eye level is, is is in in a really really bad spot.
0: Yeah, it's just so tough because you can feel the pressure coming from the edge. You can step up and you can then try and navigate from there. But
3: you can't do nothing about you it. You can't do anything alive. coming right at you. No, you can't, can't do, no. do anything yeah. about
0: it. All right, second question of Twitter on the twenty. Justin Richards asks, could you see the Cowboys trading up in this draft, and who could you see them trying to move up for if they were? going to do it of course captain trade down our very good friend jeff kavanaugh probably rolling over right now (laughs) listening to this but trading up is that a possibility and is there anybody that would be valuable enough brian that they would just go get them
1: man i'll tell you what this team i mean they've got compens or they're they're gonna get compensatory picks Mm which you trade they're gonna have enough to move and be aggressive and all that I wonder, you know, the pit position that's stretching for me right now, and I don't know about you guys, so you tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this team would look at a corner, and I don't know if the if the right corner would get to you, okay. that you would maybe make a move to get there. I mean, everybody's got these guys, these corners all different. Gonzalez. I love the kid Joey Porter from Penn State. He's my number I, I two think, guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how you. I mean, to me, can you go enough? But if you're going to move, I just feel like there's just enough corners where you don't have to move. That, that, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't. I just don't think. I think they're going to. I think they learned their lesson. Not lesson, or I mean, they they sat there and let the board come to them. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, last year, and they, you know, they had Tyler Smith where he was. I just don't see them going up and getting, you know, because the positions I think are going to stretch for them that they're looking at. You know, we've talked about the defensive tackles. We've kind of talked about a little bit these edge rushers. I don't know about you guys. I've looked at 14 edge rushers so far. Yeah. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not hating, you know, probably there's a couple of them I really, really wouldn't want to deal with. But I feel like the, that position will stretch for you a little bit. Uh, you know, that offensive line, you know, the guard position, if you're looking to grab a guard, I think they're in a good spot just to sit there and see where this thing's coming to you. And, you know, even though they do have the compensatories. Yeah, if you want to make a small move to flip a five or something like that, hey, I'm all for it. But I just don't see this team right now. You know, I'm going to stack this board when they get done, and I'll figure out, okay, this is a guy I would go for. The guy I would go for is one of those corners. Like I said, I really do like the Porter kid if he got to where you can get him.
0: Yeah, I'm only – so I'm 70 players in now. So I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I can kind of see where this class is going to end up. I'm I'm trying to find where the, the values are. It looks a lot and it reminds me a lot of last year's draft class where there are these top heavy guys. There's about 10 guys that are locks to be first round picks, top 15 picks. And once those guys go, then there's a significant amount of guys that are good enough to be taken in the first round. But they won't be. There's going to be about 30 of those guys that are right Mm -hmm. in that that same category. And I'm right there with you. I think, edge rusher, you've got two guys right up at the top with Will Anderson, Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, probably the third one in that list. I really like Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech a lot. I think a
1: lot of people do. I like him a
0: lot. Uh, Corner, it's Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. At, at, at first, it was Keeley Ringo out of Georgia, but all of a sudden, he's starting to drop off the, the face of the planet. People are taking him. mocks are starting to show him go in the early second round, maybe even late second round. And then there's jo- Joey Porter Jr., who is my second-best corner, but he's probably going to be a top-15 pick. Outside of that, you're going to probably get a really good defensive tackle. You're going to get a good shot at linebacker. You're going to get a great look at wide receiver unless you just fall in love with one of these early wide receivers. You want to go try and get up, go up and get a Jackson Smith and Jigba if you don't think he'll fall to 26, or if you want to go get a Jordan Addison out of USC if you don't think he'll fall. That's the only way I could see them trading
3: up. So, for for me, I look at this class and, well, I look at what the Cowboys have going on right now, and I feel like one of the only places that, especially on offensive line, like, who are your guards? Okay. Because McGovern's a free agent. Yeah. Right? I mm-hmm. mean, Zach Martin is here.
0: Probably Tyler Smith is is your guard.
3: But isn't he your supposed to be guard. your left tackle?
0: Yeah, depending on what happens with Tyron. That's you don't know. <laughs> so,
3: really, I mean, I feel like tackle is kind of, they have enough guys that tackle. Now, the Cowboys have seen success drafting offensive linemen in the first round. I... Guard feels like a need to me. Mm-hmm. Like it does. It feels like a need because we don't know what they're going to do with McGovern. Say what you want to say. Zach Martin is fantastic, but he's still getting, he's still, a, he's becoming a senior in this game. No, yep. like, and that's, we have to be realistic about that. No doubt. Um, Tyler Smith, are you going to keep moving him from guard to tackle or you want him to be stationary? You got Terrence Steele coming back. You got Tyler Biotis there. You could really solidify this line if you get a top guard or Mm -hmm. a guard that is going to come in and be able to play for you day one, maybe even have some swing ability. So with that being said, I don't know if it's likely, but I do feel like with the Cowboys knowing themselves, like we've seen success drafting in the offensive line in the first round. Mm -hmm. We know we hit there. We know we hit there. If you needed to go get a guy, if you wanted to go get a guy, that's like one of the only positions. Like, well, you mentioned corner too, but offensive line. If you wanted to go get a guard, yeah, to solidify this line. I mean, you got Tyler Biotas, you got you know, maybe.
0: Who's your top guard right now?
3: Uh, sugar, sugar, Um I feel like the easy answer is Osiris
0: Torrance from Florida. I, yep. I feel like that's mm-hmm. the easy. Answer. He's my top guard right now. I've only seen seven guards. But, but... what
3: I wanted to ask you and Brian is. Is there any tackles? And I was just talking about it on our last show. Are there any tackles yeah. that you think have flex that you could, sure, that you could turn into a guard and how successful? And, and I'm asking you, that's a question. Like, are there any tackles that you guys see that you think can come in day one, be a, a, a thumping guard and can make a difference?
0: He's probably not a first-round pick, Brian, but your pet cat, Cody Mott, might fit that description.
3: Yeah, North yeah, Dakota he, State. He, he, yeah, he's
1: a he's a tackle. I, I know that to me, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta think about the kid Avia uh, at, uh, yeah, uh, at, at TCU. At TCU. Mm-hmm. Now he's a straight he's a straight guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a six four, three hundred and thirty pound guy mm-hmm. that plays with balance and all the things that we all like about that. The other guys that Aisha, who you're bringing up, Warren McClendon, who's a he's the starter at right tackle for Georgia.
3: Yeah, I mentioned he's him on show. Yes, last show. Yeah. He,
1: yeah, there's a guy, I mean, he's kind of a guy that mentioned, he's a long-limbed kind of player, a little bit thinly built for me, mm-hmm. you know, at 300 pounds. Jordan McFadden is another one who was a starter left tackle for Clemson, 6'2", 305. See, there's a, now, you talk about, like, you know, we were we were mentioning our kid at Pitt, you know, with being, you know, undersized, but here's, you know, McFadden is a 6'2", 305-pound tackle who could play guard, uh, but I you know what I I mean I I have problems with all these guys the Torrance kid from Florida I know people are starting to mock him mm-hmm. to Dallas and I'm kind of I'm struggling with him a little bit because again I see a massive guy but I wouldn't call him nimble you know I'm saying I think he's a little top heavy I think his weight gets a little bit forward on him sometimes I think defenders tend to kind of move him around and it's a problem for him mm-hmm. I just you know I'm interested to see as we get further along is there somebody uh, is there somebody in this draft that you would you would say because I'm I'm kind of struggling other than the TCU kid at guard right now I'm just kind of a, a kind of a little bit of a loss if that's the direction I would go
3: yeah there's some guys who when you when you talked you talked about Avalia I, Abellion, yeah. yeah. The thing I have down for him is, like, he might not be perfect at this uh, point of attack, but his technique is so good.
1: Mm. It and really is, When you yeah. look at a
3: lot of these offensive linemen, you know, I, I, I mentioned it yesterday, we got some, they're not long in the tooth, but they are, yeah. it's quite a few guys who just stayed and played an extra year, you know, and, and got, and you can tell, I, I personally want a guy that's technically sound. Like, I really right. do. I really feel like there's value in having someone technically sound. But even looking at the Cowboys, you start looking at, okay, well, Sol- Solari, how he likes to, you know, call run plays, he does a lot of combo blocking and stuff. So I'm just, I'm really, I I think guard is a thing. I really do in my heart. I'm like, hey, I know they're going to draft offensive line, mm-hmm. but I wonder if you, you go.
0: Go and get a premium guard.
3: Yes. Why not?
0: Yeah. I go mean, get one.
3: I mean, we, we see that what a dominant offensive line can do. Look at – literally look at the 49ers. Look at Philly. They Like, with all due respect, their quarterback's been playing semi-injured, and they're still running that – still moving, like – and they're so yeah. dominant that they don't have to try that hard. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to try super hard. So I'm really like, let's try to get this offensive line – back to being dominant and being able to just take the ball out the air. And I think a guard can do that for you.
0: R- Real quickly, Brian, just to elaborate on Osiris Torrance before we go to our second break. Mm-hmm. With, with him, you, you were talking about the, the, some of the technique and cleaning that up. Do you think maybe cleaning up his body type And and getting into a professional strength room could potentially help that. He's six foot, right under six foot five. He's 6047, 337 pounds. So if you clean that up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, if you clean that up a little bit, maybe that fixes some of those problems. But I I know for a first round pick, you're you're not looking for that. You're looking for a guy that's going to come in immediately ready to play significant snaps.
1: Well, yeah. These offensive linemen, the Cowboys have picked in the first round, have been plug and play guys, and they mm-hmm. have a great history with that. Yeah, you know, I think the pro, you know, I was looking at a 347 pound man, and if he's 337, he's it's making 337. the right direction. Yep. Yeah, but see, but the thing about it is, I think his weight causes him to be a little t- like a tick slow coming off the ball, mm-hmm. and that puts him in some rough spots. It really does.
0: I, that's interesting because uh, you're right. He's kind of been a name that's started slowly creeping up there in terms of the the needs for the Cowboys because of what Aisha just talked about. But he he might fit that mold as a maybe a second-round grade but a first-round prospect because he's going to get sure. picked at 26, but he may not be one of those first-round guys that ends up slipping. So keep an eye on Osiris Torrance out of florida let's take our second break when we come back i want to do a little tell me more we did that yesterday with dane brian i want to pick a couple guys that you've had your eyes on and uh we'll we'll get your thoughts on it as well we'll hit hit some with aisha as well that she's been waiting and chomping at the bit to talk about let's do some tell me more again when we come back with more draft show right
2: after this i'm Dak prescott quarterback of the dallas cowboys blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy sell and trade crypto
1: This This
2: is the
0: DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, wrapping things up here on this Thursday as we are 78 days away from the NFL Draft alongside Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans with Bob, or Brian Broaddus on the phone. We will get Bobby Belt back in studio coming up next week. We've got plenty of time. We've got two shows. We're going to be back to normal next week, and then we're going to start ramping up quickly, heading into the NFL Combine. But it's time now for a little bit more of Tell Me More. We did this yesterday with Dane. If you missed it, go online, Dallas Cowboys boys.com the draft show it was phenomenal just rattled off players as dane does and he did a great job of it we're going to do the same with brian and aisha i'm going to start with aisha there's a cincinnati uh cincinnati cat a bear cat specifically that you wanted to talk about his name is ivan pace jr Mm -hmm. what did he do in mobile that impressed you the most
3: i liked uh he well obviously he shows that he has some the pass rush ability. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super hard to get hands on. That's what I have down. He had nine solo tackles in the Senior Bowl game himself. But he diagnoses he diagnoses well. But I really do think that his his ability to be a pass rusher and also be able to play the middle of the field is going to be something that people look at. I say what you want to say. But Micah really has changed kind of how people are looking at this linebacker position and, mm-hmm. and size and what can you do and can you rush the passer sometimes situationally and stuff. And this guy does have the hybrid ability and he flashed a lot at the senior bowl. So I I just love how, um, how he is at the point of attack and how slippery he is and, and how he can read and get to his gaps. I'm, I was impressed with him, Brian. I know you said you haven't checked him out yet, but um, I liked him. <laughs> he's got a cool, yeah,
1: I'll tell you what, got a yeah, cool story, too. Yeah, I look forward too. to it, for sure. Yeah, I like this. I like it a lot. Yeah. He was
0: a, a two-star prospect getting picked up. I mean, barely even had like a 24-7 page, was really not even a, a high-level recruit. Went to Cincinnati, played well, earned a scholarship, and then now is continuously working his way up the draft board. Initially, he was in like the like bottom half of this linebacker class and his weekend mobile, I think really elevated him quite a bit. Now, Brian, you've got a wide receiver from Penn state, mm. different type of cat. This is a Nittany lion that you're looking at a wide receiver, Parker Washington. You like him a lot, don't you?
1: Absolutely. This is, this is Steve Smith to me. from the old Carolina Panthers Ravens days. Ooh. So I'm looking at here.
0: Wow. So five, prime 10. Steve Smith.
1: Yeah. I I love this kid. You know, he's He's a shorter guy. He's really, really thick. He's compact. He's explosive. He does a lot of work out of the slots. He's fun to study because he's able to just the plays that he makes. He's one of those guys that catches the ball all over the field. He doesn't have great length, but man, you see him extend to his fullest to make some plays hands are supernatural on him. He operates in traffic. He just he again he reminded me everything of like a shorter like a compact Steve Smith when he used to play coming out of Utah and just made every single play show toughness. you could rely on him to to make a lot of plays.
0: He's from Sugarland, Texas, so he's a Texas Texas guy playing up in the big Ten. How about that now you you also had a, a Tulane prospect you wanted to get in there as well, Brian.
1: Yeah, I was, I'll was. i tell you what, uh, Tulane, I think, did a, a tremendous job this year. And, and I usually was talking about linebackers. I want to talk about a kid named Dorian Williams from Tulane. And I think this kid's one of the best tacklers in the draft. The bigger the play, the better he is to make a stop. Super active in the way he plays. He could really cover some ground with his speed. He could get to the ball carrier. When you think he's got no chance, all of a sudden he's got the play. He's, he's run down the play. He made a tackle in the in the Central Florida game that just was uh, that was just unbelievable. That that you know it's a fourth down. You're thinking like quarterback is going to you know, get the first down, and he just fetches him from behind there. Kid can really really run. You can use him as a spy, watching the quarterback. You know he's not much of a pass defender, but you know, he's an he's ordinary kind of drop and cover guy. But man, he makes a ton of plays. He's got legitimate four or five speed and an eighty inch wingspan on this kid. So hmm. you're talking about a guy that can go make some plays. Dorian Williams, linebacker, Tulane. Take a peek at him if
3: you can. Yeah, just...
0: He was kind of the uh, he was like the anchor of the middle of that Tulane defense that really flew to the football, and he was probably the one that did so. He played in the Cotton Bowl. Kind of went through the whole tackles.
1: season. Yeah, he had 17 tackles, uh, you know, in the Cotton Bowl Golly. for the MVP. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: pretty impressive cuz you had yeah. you had Taje Spears who we talked about yesterday with Dane running back out of Tulane who was the offensive MVP of that game was really right. all over the field as a running back. And then on the other side of the ball, you had a, a guy like like Williams, Dorian Williams, who was a linebacker who was the defensive MVP and both of those guys right. are senior bowl prospects. So, uh very fun to watch and they were both impressive in mobile you had another mobile prospect too that you wanted to hit
3: dude uh sydney brown sydney is, brown is fun to me man he's fun to me because i watching him the coverage ability Where is to, he out of oh illinois Got illinois it. uh five ten, two hundred and eleven 211 pounds from what i know and um watching him they were in one-on-one drills and for a safety you already know like well, number one, one-on-one drills are, are not made for DBs. Let's, let's keep it a buck. But <laughs> he was so good in coverage. But he also, he's just, his motor, for for a DB, his motor is crazy. He's so twitchy. He look crazy. He look crazy, always running around. I think uh, he's getting comp to um, the gentleman that plays for uh, the 49ers, funga How do you say it? Funga? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. getting compared yeah. to that guy, but I honestly think he's better in coverage than him. Wow. And because... Because of how he plays, he's a nuisance to me in the passing game. I feel like if you put him in the dime or you you can almost hide him and he could be a Swiss Army knife in, in your defense and how you use him because I do think that his coverage ability is good enough to do some corner things. I mean, I was impressed with um, – I was just impressed with how he moved around. And like I said, due to his size, I feel like you could hide him in a way and not hide him in a bad way, it's just like – I think quarterbacks might not see him. Mm. Like they, I feel like they might not see him coming, and just the way he plays, he's—I call him Swiper.
0: <laughs> swiper, no swiping. Yeah,
3: I call him Swiper because I just think he can sneak up on you. So not quick. because
0: he's Jalen Smith.
3: No. Then okay. definitely not just because wanted to of that. make sure
0: it's not not because he's jalen but ball.
3: his burst is great the effort is great he's just such an active player in the secondary and i think you can deploy you can deploy him to spy you could deploy him to do so many different things this guy has some versatility and i think what he' showing what he could do in coverage um in uh, in the senior bowl i think really changes things and what you could do with him in a defense.
0: Four different guys to keep an eye on. A little bit of Tell Me More to wrap up the draft show today. Brian, anything you want to add before we let you go and get out of here?
3: I can't wait for you to yeah, watch him, I, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: know, but I'll tell you, I'll you one more guy real quick if yeah, I could. of course. You know me, I always, I always like, well, Aisha was giving a great scouting report. <laughs> watch a kid from Auburn named Tank Bigsby. Yep. You're looking at running backs. This kid's six foot, 215 pounds. I know there's everybody's talking about all the top guys. Mm. Take a peek at Tank Bigsby. Like I say, this kid... He's got lower body power. He's a really physical runner. He catches the ball really, really well out of the backfield. Super dependable in that way. If you know, we'll see with uh, you know with the, with Mike uh, with Mike McCarthy now calling the plays. We'll mm-hmm. see what happened with the running back situations. You got to get a guy that literally that can make plays out of nothing, and this guy does. I mean, he's kind of an elusive slasher. But lateral quickness—I mean, this guy can finish. But like to say, the one thing he does really well is catch the football. And so, Cowboys are going to be looking for those multi-multi use guys. I think again, if, we'll see what happens. We had Mike Lombardi on yesterday. He said, by all means, they, the Cowboys needed to uh, tag Tony Pollard in this thing because he was the he is the ultimate weapon to have. But name to keep in mind: Tank Bigsby. Auburn running back.
0: For those that are watching on the uh, on the stream or on the uh, the podcast post, we're actually showing some highlights of Bigsby at the moment, and yeah, he's he's kind of a lateral runner. He goes side to side well. Has a little bit of explosiveness to him. Three year starter at tailback, Brian. He's got a little bit of tread on the tires. He's he's been experienced, which is a good thing and he went through the SEC gauntlet and at 6 foot 2 13 i mean he's got some he power to him he lives up to, to his
1: name no he lives up to his name Big trust speak. me yeah yeah he lives up to his name and like i said You're going to like this kid. The more that you study him, you really, really are. I
0: like like it a lot. Yeah, I've already marked him down. He looks good on these highlights that we're showing him. These are up against San Jose State, and here he is against Missouri. So lots of fun to be had. We are still in the informational gathering side of things, but this is getting good. We are getting into the nitty-gritty of the 2023 draft class, but that's going to do it for us here on this Thursday edition of the draft show. Thank goodness this is the last time we're apart. We will be back together on Wednesday, all four of us, Brian, Bobby, Aisha, myself, and then Chris Beam, who goes out and finds Tank Bigsby B-roll throughout the week. He's doing a great job running things in the back, but that's going to do it for us. Have fun, everybody. We'll see you on Wednesday, 11 a.m. Central time is when we'll get started for more draft show for Brian, Bobby, and, or Brian, Bobby, and Aisha, even though Bobby's not here. And for Chris Beam, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long for the draft show. We'll see you next week.